Welcome to the Dear Beloved podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jean, founder of the Beloved Collective, and together we will dive deep into relationships, femininity, and the stages leading up to marriage from a Catholic perspective. Here you'll find real conversations rooted in the truth, dispelling the lies found in our culture, and learn practical ways that we can keep Christ at the center of our lives and relationships. Dear Beloved, welcome back. Here we are again after a little hiatus, so sorry about that, um, but here I wanted to chat with you guys in the month of November about the saints because we celebrate the saints and souls during this month of November, um, and before we get into all of the holiday spirit, like I know so many of us are being infiltrated with um, through the media and social media and things like that. Uh, it's good to pause and think back to, okay, what, what is the church celebrating here this month? And the church is celebrating here this month, the saints. And so, um, I wanted to share with you guys my saint tribe. Everyone has their own, right? We have, you know, of course we honor all of the saints and we wish to emulate them and, and see their example as, um, influencing our lives. However, naturally we're going to be attracted to certain ones in particular, um, for whatever reason, either we relate to them or, um, they challenge us or they've been able to share with us something that has changed our lives or X, Y, Z. Right. Um, and so I wanted to share today my St. Tribe, um, I have a lot of favorites of <laughs> saints. Favorites is a hard thing for me to narrow down. Um, but just going in order of kind of um, the timeline of my life a little bit uh, can help me narrow it down. So the first one that comes to mind is my girl, St. Therese. St. Therese has been with me kind of for forever. <laughs> um, she was always a saint that I really looked up to um, as a child, as a young ch- child and someone who's been with me through different stages of life in different seasons. Um, and as I, you know, approached the age, uh, that she was when she died, um, it was kind of a, a really like full circle moment of really diving into her, her life and taking what she taught us, um, and what she left behind, um, in her theology and in her simple way of life, right. Um, that we can still glean from today. Um, yeah, she's just been my gal pal, my, um, my friend who I can always, always go to, um, been there with, you know, um, some sweet words, but also some, you know, a kick in the pants when I need it, um, things like that. So, She's been really great. And also I wanted to share with you one or two of my favorite quotes from each of these saints. So, um, St. Therese, there are so many quotes from all of these saints, but (laughs) these two in particular, um, really tell me a lot about her and a lot about what I love from her teachings that I really hand, uh, carry into my own life. Um, so the first one is holiness consists simply in doing God's will and being just what God wants us to be. 
simple, right? <laughs> As um, we can so often complicate uh, our lives of holiness and so often contemplate just our lives in general. We have to have this morning routine and that morning routine and um, we have to have the best meals because we have to be the best wives and mothers or the best students or the best young professionals we can be and we can have no time for ourselves and no time to better ourselves and learning about different things has to take a back seat because XYZ, right? Take a breath. This, this quote reminds us to take a breath and to simply... Uh, quiet ourselves to listen to um, the Lord's will and then do it, right? Um, But we're not going to be able to figure out or his will is not just going to come and lay itself in our lap. We have to become quiet and become simple so that we can hear it. We have to seek it out. It is there readily available for us, like so readily available, but we have to seek it out. Um, and that's that's what I get from, from that quote of hers. And another one that I love of hers, of course, she's known as the little flower. Um, simplicity is kind of her thing. Um, it's also my thing. <laughs> I love to be simple. Um, but this one, she says, Jesus, help me simplify my life by learning what you want me to be and becoming that person. It goes along exactly with the first quote. um, And it just goes to show that she really lived this way, right? She really lived this way of how can I be more simple? Oh, does that mean I have to find out God's will and then do it? Okay. Like, let me become that person. We can busy ourselves with who we want to become and busy ourselves with learning new skills and all of these things, which in and of themselves aren't a bad thing. But if we're doing it to become something um, that is not of the Lord or just is indifferent to his will, then we're pretty far off track. And we want to get back to the place where we can hear his word and hear um, what his will is for us so that we can um, become that person and we can um, really dive into uh, the things that he has in store for us. Okay, so that's a lot on St. Therese and we love her so much, but I have a lot of saints that I love. So (laughs) we will jump into, and I'm sure you know this is coming. St. John Paul II, he's my man. What's up, beloved fam? It's me, Laura Jean, interrupting this episode to tell you about my flagship program, Made Beloved. Made Beloved is a proximate marriage preparation program that was designed with single individuals and dating couples in mind. When I was getting my master's in marriage and family theology, I was filled with so much gratitude that I got to study those topics as a single woman. I knew that what I was learning was changing my life not only then, but would change everything moving forward. I created this program not as a typical marriage preparation program where you already know who and when you're getting married, but more to answer the big questions of, was I made for this? What are these longings teaching me about the design of God for marriage? Is there really something that can fulfill all of these desires of my heart? And if there is, how do I start building the life that supports these beautiful design of the creator? 
We go over all of that and more in the 12-week Made Beloved program. I only open up registration a couple of times a year, so go to thebelovedcollective.com to learn more and to sign up for our waitlist to be the first to know when registration opens up. Looking for curated, beautiful paper goods and intentional products to simplify your life? Then look no further than the Beloved Co. Shop. Yes, my very own product shop is here. Each product is made with the intention of helping you live well in the present moment. Stationery to help you connect with others, desk pads to help you remember what's really important as we plan out our weeks, and so much more. Intentional Catholic products to help you be a saint now and prepare you well for your future. These also make excellent gifts, so if you are looking for a gift for someone special in your life, check out the Beloved Co. shop on our website, thebelovedcollective.com. That's Beloved spelled B-L-V-E-D. And as always, you can find the link in our show notes. I have one picture of a saint on my wall that's pretty big, and um, it's JP2, and (laughs) I joke often that he's my co-worker, um, which is so true because in a lot of ways I did, uh, his work influences my work in a lot of ways. Um, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. He was the Pope when I was born. He was the Pope when I was a child. Um, I grew up learning about him. I used to think that, you know, when you're a kid and maybe you're a mom and you're experiencing this with your children right now, but, um, when your kids start fighting naps and they're like, three, four, right? Start finding naps and they come up with the craziest ideas of why they don't want to nap. I remember that (laughs) I thought two things happened when I went to take a nap, my two favorite things. I thought that uh, all the paint supplies came out and the grownups all painted um, because I was sleeping. So I wasn't a fan of taking naps because I would miss the painting. Um, And secondly, I thought that every time I went to sleep, the Pope would come over and the Pope being JP too. And I just wanted to hang out with him. So I would tell my mom, I don't want to take a nap. I am going to miss the Pope. And she'd be like, what is going on? Anyway, (laughs) so my first memories of him were from a very young age. Um, and then in the middle school ish years, um, I was part of this group, um, that another mom in our group started who loved JP2 and loved his writings and and studied him and was able to bring together some of us young women um, and start teaching us different things that he taught on. We we went through the theology of the body. We went through Moliere's Dignitatum and um, the letter to women and all these things that were so influential for women in the church and from JP2 and it was so influential to me as like middle school age and then high school age um to really dive into these topics that were so formative for me um to have a foundation for my life to then move forward with um and so from from a young age he's been really a, a big part of my life and I could not be more grateful for such a loving father and and leader um, that we had in in the church and who was able to really contemplate, right? All of his works 
came from hours and hours and hours of contemplating and just sitting with the Lord in front of the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and just contemplating and coming to know the truth straight from the source. And then being able to articulate it in writing and hand it on to us, it is the biggest gift. And I am so grateful for it every day. Um, because he wrote a lot, <laughs> picking a favorite quote of his is really hard. Um, there are so, so many, but this one has been a favorite for a very long time. Um, and so this is the one that I constantly go back to, um, for a little kicking pants, <laughs> you know, a little bit of, um, get me going, um, you know, uh, momentum, uh, and things. So this quote from him, it's, he says, it is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. He is waiting for you when nothing else you find satisfies you. He is the beauty to which you are so attracted. It is he who provoked you with that thirst for fullness that will not let you settle for compromise. It is he who urges you to shed the masks of a false life. It is he who reads in your heart your most genuine choices, the choices that others try to stifle. It is Jesus who stirs in you the desire to do something great with your lives, the will to follow an ideal, the refusal to allow yourselves to be ground down by mediocrity, the courage to commit yourselves humbly and patiently to improving yourselves and society, making the world more human and more fraternal. I mean, if that just doesn't nail the... <laughs> The truth on the head, I mean, just so good. Um, and I, I love that quote so much that I even put it on one of my products. My tote bag has the first words of that quote. It is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness as an outward sign of what we experience and an outward sign of, you know, you're going about your day, you're just doing your normal tasks and you're evangelizing through that. Um, and letting people know that it is Christ who they seek when they do, when they seek happiness. Um, because so often we ourselves included, um, seek happiness in a lot of different places. And some of those are not so good. And some of them may not be bad necessarily in and of themselves, but in the fact that they are not Christ, <laughs> then, you know, we're off the, we're missing the mark a little bit. So I just love that as a reminder for us and for the world, um, our coworkers, our friends, our fellow students, our kids, you know, just, just that reminder is so, so great. Moving right along, um, another one of my favorite saints in my uh, saint tribe is St. Edith Stein. St. Edith Stein was a, an amazing woman. She was a scholar. She was um, a philosopher. Um, she was really, really smart. <laughs> and she studied a lot. And she went through many phases. So while she was born uh, and raised Jewish, she was in a Jewish family and, you know, followed, followed the, her Jewish faith uh, for a while until she became atheist in um, her midlife. She died pretty young. So I want to say her like late teen years, um, early twenties, she, she was pretty, um, atheist. Um, and, and part of that was her studies led her down that path of like, okay, 
does God exist and things like that. But again, through her studies and through her studying other um, things like Catholicism, she was won over and converted through her reason and through others, others who were able to show her the truth. Um, and it took her a while after she like was like, okay, I, I believe in it. Um, but it took her a while even still to become baptized. And after that, she did realize that she had a religious vocation and entered the Carmelites. Um, uh, but she lived in a not so great time to be Catholic or Jewish. So, um, she was during World War II and she, um, was taken her and her sister, her biological sister, who were, they were both Carmelite, uh, uh, nuns in, um, I think it, this time, I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not going to say. I'm not really sure where they went. Um, but they were taken back to, um, the, well, they were taken and taken to Birkenau, which is, um, well, Auschwitz and Birkenau, they're like across the street from each other, a um, concentration camp, and that's where she died. And so although her life was shorter than it should have been, um, she did a lot uh, in her studies, a lot of good for the church. She did, uh, she wrote a lot on women and this was a really a cool thing that she was able to leave us because, you know, you didn't hear a lot of people in general devoting their lives to study and specifically the study of women, especially at that time. Um, and so what she was able to discover and, 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 just really delve up um, and hand on to us. It was really cool. Um, and I'm, I'm constantly awed by her insight into these things um, and tying all these things together. Um, she's a little bit difficult to read <laughs> because she's very philosophical, um, but it is so worth it. Um, and one of her very favorite quotes that I love from her, um, and then I try to remember every day, um, is this quote. She says, let go of your plans. The first hour of your morning belongs to God. Tackle the day's work that he charges you with, and he will give you the power to accomplish it. Wow. I need that reminder every day. My goodness. It is so easy for us to, right, make a morning routine and you know, because a lot of times our alarms go off and we press news and please tell me I'm not the only one, but even though we press news and our bodies are too tired to get up, our brains are like, go. And, and it comes up with the hundred page to-do list of what you need to get done that day. And sometimes that is enough to get us out of bed and to start right away on the tasks that the day has for us. But in this quote, she's inviting us to give that up, to, to offer that first hour of the morning, which is a lot of times really hard because a lot of us value our sleep and we want to sleep as long as we can and still get all the things done that we want to get done. And she's inviting us to, even if it means getting up earlier or having your things wait until a little bit later um, to offer that first hour of our morning back to the Lord. And he will give us all the time that we need. <laughs> and he will give us um, the tasks that we need to do in order to accomplish what we need to do even faster. Like 
I know this to be true. Um, and I have heard of many, many people who, uh, have experiences with this and will tell you, um, that he multiplies your time when you give it back to him. Um, and so that's something that I need to get better at, but something that we can always grow towards for sure. Um, some other favorite saints in my saint tribe are Saints Louis and Zelie Martin, which if you've never heard of them, I love telling people about them because first of all, they are the um, parents of St. Therese of Lisieux and St. Therese and one of her sisters is a saint and I think another one is a blessed. Um, so a very, very holy family. Um, but that's not the only reason they're saints, right? That they raise saints. <laughs> they were actually the very first couple to be canonized saints together. So there have been married saints before, right? Uh, you know, a wife, a husband, um, and maybe they're both canonized, but never at the same time. And that is a really cool thing um, to, first of all, their demonstration of their marriage and their life together in their domestic church and in their vocation, that, that shows a lot of that, um, of what went on there. Um, but it also speaks to each of them individually and how they, um, raised their family and how they were holy in and of themselves and, um, lived a life of, an example that encouraged others to be holy as well, like their children. Um, and it's so cool to see that they were canonized at the same time for many reasons. But one of them being is that St. Louis outlived St. Zelie for many years. Um, St. Zelie died when St. Therese was only about four years old. And so she didn't spend the majority of St. Therese's life with her, right? She died pretty uh, early on in St. Therese's life. Um, that does not mean that she was not a big influence. Absolutely not, <laughs> clearly. Um, but it's not like they, they died super close together and then they were canonized, you know, together because of that um, in any way. Um, but they were really able to live their lives. And they're just a great example of of individual holiness, but holiness within a marriage and within the family. Um, and that's a great example for us all. And there are a couple of quotes here that I love. So I'm going to pick this one. Um, so, uh, the first one is the good Lord does not do things by halves. He always gives what you need. Let us then carry on bravely that if that doesn't just like lift some weight off your shoulders, I don't know what does. <laughs> because a lot of times we can just be so concerned with, I don't have everything I need and all of these things. And to that pain, they are saying, carry on, he will provide, right? In in a very real and, and not in like a trite way of like, God will provide, right? But in a like, he doesn't do things by halves. He always gives us what we need, carry on bravely. Like, let's do that. You know, <laughs> it's very rational. It's very, um, uh, just practical for, for our lives. So I love that one. Another one that I think is also very practical and very down to earth is they say it is, n well, this, these are from Zelie Martin, actually, both of these quotes, but 
She says, it is necessary that the heroic becomes daily and that the daily becomes heroic. If that is not a a quote that speaks to motherhood or family life, I don't know what does, right? There are so many tasks in our daily life that are mundane and routine and No, our lives would not happen without them, but it doesn't make them easier all of the time. Um, And so bringing that to the level of heroism, like let's let those daily tasks become heroic. That is so cool. And that is so truly how our faith is lived. And that's how um, saints are made. She was onto something here. (laughs) Okay. So the last one in my list for right now. Like I said, I could go on and on and on forever um, about these saints, but the last one on my list for today is Saint uh, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Hopefully, we will be calling him Saint soon. Um, oh gosh, he is just so inspiring. Uh, his whole life was inspiring. He died really young, but he was from um, noble—not noble, but um, wealthy parents who in Italy who gave him all that he he needed, right? Uh, all and more. And his parents would get mad at him when he would, you know, well, his father would um, be a little bit frustrated when he would, you know, transfer in his first class train ticket in for a third class ticket and give away the money to the poor. That That's just the man he was. Um, one of the coolest things about him was that he was so down to earth he was loved and beloved by all of his peers. Um, he wasn't like, you know, that, that weird holy one or anything like that. But he also always challenged the people around him to be better, to be holier, to go to church, all of these things. I love the stories that, that he, of him that are just his friends wanted him to go out with them. And he said, well, you know, I'll go if you come to church with me first, right? Or something like that where, you know, he's not going to not go to the parties, but he's going to make sure that his friends and him go to mass first, right? First things come first. Um, And he, of course, is very famous for saying to the heights. um, And that's his very famous saying, um, he was a mountain climber and just loved the outdoors. He's a very active young man. Um, and he, again, like many saints, died too soon. Um, but not that that shortened his life of sanctity at all. He was such an inspiration to his peers and those around him, his family, um, the Italian people, to young people throughout the whole world. And I do hope that soon... Uh, he is canonized, and that will be quite the party, quite the party from the young people, from, you know, all of us celebrating um, his life and his um, example to us for holiness. Um, he has a lot of amazing quotes, too. You know, that's the thing with the modern saints is that um, we had easier, more modern ways of capturing what they had to say. Um, and so, we have a lot of quotes for, for more modern saints and not so much from really old saints, but that's okay. We love them all equally. Um, 
so he has a lot that he said, but one, one that always sticks out to me is to live without faith, without a heritage to defend, without battling constantly for truth is not to live, but to get along. We never just get along. We must never just get along. I mean, wow, if that does not speak to <laughs> our modern world and relativism and tolerance and all of these things, he is shooting that down once and for all at the very start. We need to be convicted by something and it better be the truth. And he, he says it right there. We're going to be battling for the truth. But if we're not battling for the truth, something is really wrong because that means we're indifferent and we're just getting along. And that is not what we are called to do as Catholics, as Christians, as human beings. We're called to stand up uh, for the truth, constantly battle for it, um, and, and make all of, all of the gospel and all of Christ's love known to all of our neighbors and our brothers and sisters. So I hope that this little peek into my little saint tribe was inspiring for you at all um, to learn about more of these saints or to think about your own saint tribe who really inspires you. I would love to hear who really inspires you. So please shoot me a DM, send me an email, whatever the case may be. Let me know who is in your saint tribe and I can't wait to chat with you again. Until next time. Thanks for tuning into the Dear Beloved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or many on social media and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to follow along at the Beloved Collective on Instagram and YouTube. That's Beloved spelled B-L-V-E-D. 